mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? Hey guys, it's Future Tim and Future Whitney, and we just wanted to reach back in time and address something real quick. Do it. We've seen our numbers go up, and we've had a lot of new listeners to the pod recently. Now, when we first started this, we've never done anything like this before. Not remotely. No, we've never recorded anything. I was a musician in school, but I never recorded anything. Um, so we started with some very cheap entry-level equipment. Bad equipment and Bad inexperience. Equipment. Absolutely. So I bought Whitney this like sound podcast deck years ago for Christmas, um, and it sat in our closet for years, went through a house move. We came here, we finally started using it and realized this thing don't work so good. <laughs> this ain't gonna work. <laughs> no, no, it was real bad. So we just wanted to reach back in time to anyone who's joining us for the first kind of chunk of episodes and just let you know, we know that our audio is a, is rough. We get it. We, we know. We, we, we're painfully aware. Painfully aware. And we look back so embarrassed at it. But we stick behind our content. Yes, I, I, I do. I feel like our content is great. So all we're saying is... We hit our stride uh, probably a few episodes into the pod, so just just stick with us. Yeah, just, you know, stick with us through the growing pains. I promise it gets better, and this was actually a huge moment of growth for me to jump into something without mind-fucking it to death and not 100%. being totally pre- prepared and mm-hmm. whatever, so um, I just appreciate if you guys do stick with it because... You know, there's something to be said about being one of those people that you're like, I was there for the beginning when it sounded like two different volumes in a fucking tin can. So, (laughs) And then really bad Spotify tags. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Just stick with us. We promise you we feel like we stick behind our content and we hope you guys love it too. So we'll hit our stride. Hey guys, it's even farther in the future, Tim. By like 45 seconds. Yep. <laughs> I told Tim, I said, I want to say something. <laughs> so when we were recording this, I had to stop about four times because I kept saying we've had a lot of new users. And I was like, listeners, listeners. I'm like a bad actor on like a lawn, like a movie or a commercial or something. It made me think of Joey and how he kept saying, mmm, noodle soup. And they're like, damn it. Like, mmm. <laughs> so Tim was noodle souping through that whole thing. I'm... And I was like, do we need a script? But anyways, <laughs> I, I think we hard. made it through it. That's all I wanted to say. Thanks, users. Okay, so I guess this is a um, well. I guess welcome to the very first episode of Digging Up the Duggers. Welcome. Um, so I'm Whitney. I'm Tim. We're married. Are we? <laughs> we are. And um, yeah. So this is. Uh, I don't even know how you start these things. You just say like, "Welcome." Yeah, it's <laughs> so. I think. Uh, one of the first things we should do is, obviously, the the whole Duggar situation has been around for a long time. So, I guess, start with, um, how did you come across them? How did you start in watching them? Okay, so, they came out on TV. Like, I've been watching them from the very beginning. From when they were, before they had their actual TV show, when they were just specials on Discovery Channel. Mm-hmm. So, I've been watching them day one. Um, you know, in the beginning, it's just fascinating. And then after a while, I, I don't say hate watch because I feel like hate watch was like at the time it wasn't hate watching. I cringe watched them for years. I watched them for I would go in and out, but I always pretty much kept up with it, even if it was a little bit, you know, delayed. I watched into counting on and all of that. But really, um, it was really reignited recently because of all the stuff with Josh Duggar. And then there's you. Which I, the only like semblance of show that I watched kind of on Discovery was like the man stuff. It was like the Orange County choppers and like the things where they would just rip cars apart. You know, my dad and I used to watch stuff like that. So that was kind of the only semblance of, of like Discovery TLC shows. So the things like that, 
didn't really pique my interest at all. So, like, you knew I watched it, but really, it was when it was when Josh Duggar got arrested last year. I remember we were at House Murphy eating German food. <laughs> I remember very specifically. <laughs> With and that cute man playing accordion. Yes. What was his name? Oh, I don't man. remember, but he was, he was, we went there, we're in this like outdoor alleyway and, uh, this man starts playing these like old polka tunes on uh, on this like little mini stage, and he was wearing leader hose in, yeah, and yeah, the whole thing. he was one hundred percent legit. And it was his cute little wife was cheering him on. And yep. um, so, anyway, go ahead. It was during that meal, meeting him, that uh, everything came out that Josh was being arrested, and I remember telling, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was all in, and then so, you know. Fast forward to the actual trial this past December. I mean, I was fully in. I could hardly work because I was refreshing my phone to watch the fucking sun coverage because they're the <laughs> only ones that had like live-ish coverage because there's nobody in the courtroom. Uh. Um, and in typical, you know, it was that typical situation where you couldn't give a shit. But I was coming home every day and telling you everything. And you played along. It's just that typical thing where you're into something, so you're just like spouting off everything to your partner and they're just kind of like nodding their head and like yeah yeah you mean completely enthralled exactly like you are because i love you <laughs> totally okay. yes you were just as enthralled so yeah it was just that typical thing where i came home every day and i was just like telling you all of this um but you have you don't have any history you have no basis so as i'm telling you stuff you may have thought things were interesting but you couldn't connect it to anything right no not remotely and i i always felt like the idea that these people were getting notoriety for having a bunch of kids was kind of asinine. And I, I understand the intrigue. And I think we follow an Instagram page now that kind of talks about how they feed a group this big and how, you know, so there's like those little like life things that you're curious about. Um, that is interesting to see that because you can't relate to having that many people to feed. But the fact that these people are getting popularity for that, I just don't I just don't understand. Yeah. So you had nothing to relate any of this I was telling you to. But it was like through this whole thing and being so hooked on it, I was like, I need to do a rewatch. It's always when things like pop back up that you're like, God, I need to I need to do a rewatch. So then I had already decided that I wanted to do that from the very beginning with the specials, even before the show. And then it just popped into my head one day. I was like, oh, my God, you need to do this with me <laughs> because it will, it's two different perspectives. Now, like, we're already going through the perspective of looking back. Like, it was bad then. But before you're like, well, it's fucking weird and uh, it's a little cringy and whatever. Their beliefs are bullshit. <laughs> but you kind of you, – before you're like, whatever works for them. But now hindsight, knowing how things turned out – I feel like it's, it'll be completely different going back and watching it for me because things that may have been a small flag before are going to be like a giant fucking red flag. Of course. And then, you know, just what was different? What did I think then where I was like, that seemed normal? Watching it as a 14-year-old, I'm like, well, that's okay. Yeah. And then now, uh, you know, a 32-year-old woman, you're like, oh, that's bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I think one of the interesting um, perspectives of this podcast specifically is – we watched the first special together, and that's what this episode's going to be about. Um, those are the things that we're going to break down because I have no semblance of understanding of kind of their whole thing. Um, I'm watching it from – I'm kind of ingesting the special itself, and I can only fill in with some of the things that Whitney's told me. She did so much research. She has this like master timeline that she's keeping. So once you know we sit down and have this conversation, now you can look at it and be like, "Oh my God, this is when this had happened." And even watching it together, that there was already things where she was pausing and being like, "No, okay, so around this time." So I think that's kind of uh, one of the really interesting things that we want to do. And then what we actually talked about was not watching the episodes together anymore. Um, and maybe like here or there, but I think it'll kind of keep my perspective um, with no experience very pure. And then she can kind I, of fill I me tried, in with all the deets. I tried not to say anything while we we're watching it, but it and she looked like she wanted to burst. <laughs> yeah, but also like there were times where I was going back and rewinding and pausing, and I'm like, that's like giving away things, like you know. So <laughs> it's like we we're gonna watch separate separately going forward. Yeah. Um, but like he said, I am putting work into this. I am 
cons- I have consumed so much Duggar literature. It is disgusting. I it's it's, but I've like I'm tabbing things. I'm highlighting things. I like he said. I have a master timeline. I have quotes. Like I am I am putting in the work with this. I want you guys to know that I'm trying my best to make sure that this is comprehensive. It's legitimately like she's trying to get her doctoral thesis. <laughs> uh, that's how it feels because I'll look through books and there's just like notes and things in this and this little book ba- this page is earmarked and yeah it's insane okay so kind of with that in mind we'll just talk about how we're going to structure it so we are like we said starting from the beginning with the specials with the specials um each episode will be its own episode of the podcast uh, maybe going forward when we hit the actual tv show it we may combine a couple of them because like i mean by the time they got their own show it was like we're going paintballing today and it's like how much can you <laughs> how much can you extract out of this paintballing episode but what <laughs> colors were the paintballs <laughs> that's not very godly um but i i feel like what we're going to be doing is recapping what happens in the episodes however we see fit whether it's like the one or two or whatever it's going to be and then just kind of recapping what we saw and then i'm going to use opportunities to deep dive into things as i see fit as they pop up in the episodes so the hard part is like right now i want to tell you a million fucking things <laughs> like so many things but i have to like i have to restrain myself because i'm going to wait for when it's more naturally a good time to bring up certain topics which i kind of feel like that aspect is a little bit of your personality in general even if it doesn't have to do with the duggers because you're such a details oriented person so when uh i think every married couple can kind of relate to this but there's whenever i've i talk to somebody at work about something when he's like what did you ask her blah 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 and i and no and she's like why didn't you like she, it blows her mind that i wasn't really interested details in- <laughs> details damn it <laughs> so um i think that's what's so fascinating about this too is that regardless of experience regardless of all that um we also have different perspectives we're looking at so and hopefully um no matter who's listening to this whether you're you you know watch them forever like me or maybe you're a tim where you're watching it for the first time maybe you're even just hearing about it for the first time because we're explaining it to you but whatever camp you're coming from one of us is going to be in that you know looking through that same lens as you are Mm -hmm. so i think um We're going to take one small break, and when we come on back, we are going to actually get into the heart of that first uh, special. What was that first special called? 14 Children and Pregnant Again. There you go. Um, So, yeah, so we're going to take a little break, and we will be right back. All right, so we are back. Um, We are, once again, we did a full rewatch of that first special uh, together. Um, So as we went through, we were both just kind of keeping notes. Um, so I think Whitney, you should lead it off and just kind of guide us through and then I'll, I'll drop little nuggets of weird things, I think. Okay. So 14 children and pregnant again premiered on September 16th, 2004. So nobody cares, but that means it was my freshman year of high school. Woo! Um, so first of all, this first special, I was rewatching it. I was like, oh, it's so surface level. Like compared to what I know now, I'm like, oh, they don't even tell you anything. Like, It's very surface, and I kind of wonder at this point if it w- they thought it was going to be a standalone thing or if they knew they were going to do more things going forward, but it definitely doesn't get too deep into stuff. So it's like I'm really going to have to restrain myself as we go through this because there's so much more I want to say. I also felt like it was definitely a vibe. Like There was that like 90s, oh. early 2000s vibe of like that era TLC. Oh, was so, but did you notice? It's 2004, and the way they're dressed, it looks like it is 1983. <laughs> it, it, it's, they got the bib dresses, mm-hmm. sh- Michelle's hair, oh, good God. Ooh, but the hairstyles were real so bad. bad. But um, anyway, so they introduced a family. Um, it's kind of, you know basic run of the mill they had them like all in a line from like youngest to oldest uh what is it? i think Josiah is it josiah i think josiah can't remember his own name he says somebody else's name yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. anyways um but yeah so some of the details i just wanted to point out that they live at this point they live in a three-bedroom two-bath house and i in my book that i read which was two thousand two hundred square feet 
That is only 400 square feet more than the house you and I and our cat live in right now. <laughs> so, granted, that's more space than we need for two and a half of us. Sorry, Mildred. Um, Mildred's the half. Like, when you... There was 16 of them yeah. in 400... It's, it's crazy. Like, I'm like, that's... I mean, bordering... Yeah, it's it's gnarly. I think uh, the only one of the notes I made from that lineup thing was these kids are all creepy, even the littles, because even the little ones were like weirdly awkward. You know what I mean? And not like cute, charming little kid awkward. It was it was weird. It's unfortunate. I mean, when those are your parents, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Facts. Um, And can I make one note real quick? One of the things that I always think about when you see families that have like more than seven or eight kids, I feel like there's an assumption that they're either hyper religious or real creepy. <laughs> or a combination of the two. Or both, yes. yes. Um, so the next thing that they uh, go into is talking about their buddy system. And I took the quote of Michelle saying, the buddy system means mom can't be everywhere at all times. She's been working on that voice. Uh, have I? Um, which, you know, there's truth in that. Here's the thing. Like, when you dissect it all, there's truth in some of these things. It's true. Moms can't be there at all times. And even a mom with two kids can't see, you know, two kids can't see what they're doing at all times. But I'm like, this is to the extreme. So the buddy system is that you have a big buddy, and they may dress you, get you breakfast, change your diapers, keep track of you when you're out in public. They do the parenting of these select children. Um, I noticed that specifically they just said Jim's Bob buddy is Michelle, which Jim Bob, of course, is the husband. So he, so it's literally like they're saying he doesn't have responsibility of any of these fucking kids. His <laughs> buddy is his wife. That's it. <laughs> Isn't that every marriage? <laughs> I'm your buddy. Um, and Michelle's his buddy is the, any baby until it's weaned. And then she's like, oh, here you go. And she gets, and then it she off hands the, it off to her other kid. sister mom. So, um, oh, the creepy. Yeah, so this will all, uh, I mean, as time goes on, we will talk about this more. But I just think I, through this entire point, the thing that kept going through my head is uh, we've been talking about like parentification recently of, yes. of, you know, parents kind of offloading their responsibilities onto their kids, whether it's for monetary reasons because they have to work all the time or whether this because there's just so many goddamn kids. Um you know, so that was like throughout this entire thing, that was just something that kept flashing through my head was like, you're once they're weaned, you don't parent your children anymore. Like, it just felt weird. Just so. you wait. There's more. Oof. But, um, yeah, very surface for now. So then they kind of lead into how Jim Bob and Michelle met. Again, not very detailed, but they met when Jim Bob was 17, Michelle was 15, um, because Michelle worked at his mom's the yogurt shop that she managed or something like that. And um, he invited her to a senior banquet, blah, blah, blah. They started dating. He proposed six months later, and then they married about six months after that, which was like July right after she graduated high school. So they were very, very young when they got married. But my biggest takeaway from this flashback, Michelle was actually fucking cute, and I hate to say it. (laughs) She was. Did you notice? Yeah, she was like she was She's a cute. She was like a cute girl of that area. Yeah. And it's it's a fucking and then you see her in her fucking bibbed dresses with her <laughs> white hose hose. She's wearing like the tights, you know. It's just so unfortunate. It's like she used to be normal and cute. <laughs> Anyways, that was my takeaway from that. Anything else you wanted to touch on with that? No, I I did think that was interesting um that they had known each other for so long and I I we'll get into it later, but I know you said that she wasn't Did you say she converted? into that was she part of that religion before or no uh, there, well we're, yeah we're gonna have to touch on religion a whole other you're skipping lots of every time i every time i ask any questions i get the whew, yeah there's well, just too much. Uh, we'd be here for <laughs> we'd be here for eight days straight um so they kind of talked more about how in the beginning they kind of like hustled they flipped cars they had a towing business they had in, they sold insurance they did real estate one thing i didn't know much about until this episode and then reading it in the book i didn't they had a convenience store that kind of gets brushed over a lot um, and then they they uh, decided on a few years into marriage that they were not going to have any debt and that's th- this is the first time episode 1 you hear their famous motto you're going to hear this all the time tim it's buy used and save the difference yep so that was I wrote, 
I wrote that down because that was before they even got into that. One of the things that I wrote was, "How the hell do they make money?" <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think that's the that's part of the episode is like the kids all like saying, um, like in their little talking head type things. What what do they get asked when they're out? And everybody's like, "How do you feed all those kids? Are you guys a school group?" Blah blah blah. But like everybody, everybody's like, "How the fuck do you pay for this shit?" Yeah. Like it's not an unfair question because it's like, what the hell? Which I also want to just point out before you move on that the only other note that I put in that part was Jim Bob has nothing behind the eyes. <laughs> He's like, was, and his fucking Lego head, you know. Because <laughs> there was a point where when he was telling the story of how they make money and like the decisions they make and all that, and that's what I just kept thinking. I'm like, there ain't nothing back there. <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope. All right. Um, next thing is they talk about how, which is surprising to me, when you when someone has four thousand children. I do think it's funny when you hear that they didn't have their first child until four years into marriage. Mm-hmm. So um, they, they they had sex pest, obviously. He was child number one. Um, <laughs> and then after that, they say that they decided to leave it up to God, but they gave no details. Of course, I know all these details. But because it's kept vague at this point, we're going to talk about that in the future. But where do you go from four years into marriage having no children to having all the fucking kids so obviously something changed and we will talk about that some other time oh man you got to get that tease next um they went on what everybody wants to know like how do you feed this fucking army of (laughs) little children um so we follow them as they go shopping at aldi (laughs) And, uh, Which you've learned the love of Aldi recently. Only recently. Arizona didn't have them. It's like a mainstay other places, but it was, it's brand new here. Yeah. So this is a novelty for us. <laughs> um, so they go shopping at Aldi. And just because I'm super into like inflation calculators, I'm so into that shit. Like I love seeing the prices of something in 1962 and blah, blah, blah. So their shopping trip, for anybody else who gives a shit, came to $828.32 in 2004. And according to the inflation calculator, that's $1,260.70 today. I think it's more. It feels like it would be more. <laughs> and do you know, was it, they it, they would only shop like once a month, right? Or was that like um, once a week? I, do you I know feel that? like they said, like this was like their stock up the pantry again, like show, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So they were getting like canned and like frozen shit. But um, okay. I think I ended up reading in their book that that's, a few years later, but mm-hmm. they spent about they spent about three thousand dollars a month. Okay. So this was one of three or four trips, you know. Um, one thing I did want to note that I saw that I thought was hilarious was they're showing the kids like heaving and hoeing this like heavy shit in and out of the carts, and, and like all these kids are doing the work. And at one point, there's a scene where they're unloading the van to bring it inside, and I think it's Ginger that's, like, dropping shit because it's so heavy because she's, like, this little girl. And then fucking Sex Pest walks by, and he's, like, carrying, like, two small jars. (laughs) So he's, like, 15 or something, and he's doing jack shit nothing, and, like, his little sister's, like, dropping heavy-ass boxes. It just shows he's a piece of shit from day one. Hey, if his parents can uh, pass off the parenting to the the younger kids, he can do the same. (laughs) Um, so then after shopping, they uh, segue into jurisdictions, which is what normal people call chores. <laughs> so jurisdictions are their assignments that everybody has. And did I receive, did anything in this moment, in this segment, I just want to say, make you say what the fuck like I did? Did you catch it? Uh, the girl cleaning her parents' room? Exactly. <laughs> Dude, so they're interviewing Jana, which Jana is the oldest daughter. She's awkward as hell. (laughs) So Jana says her jurisdictions are to clean the girls' room, the living room, and her parents' room. Mm -hmm. On what fucking planet is it your child's job to clean your fucking bedroom? I feel like I squinted a lot at this. You know when you hear something that like sounds dumb or doesn't make sense and you like squint real hard? This whole part had me squinting real hard. What? Like, th- that's not normal. <laughs> like, if my parents had been like, clean my room, I'd be like, the fuck? I mean, but like, my, st- I mean, my parents didn't clean. I, that's a whole other thing. But, um, but 
Yeah, that I thought that was really odd. I'm glad you picked up on that too, because I was like, the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, next thing they talk about homeschooling, and it just there's this scene of them all sitting around the kitchen table, and I was so taken aback by the fact that it was you know Josh like 14, 15, all the way down to Joy who's five. And they're all sitting there together, and Michelle is like, bankruptcy. Now, that doesn't mean going to the bank and getting money out. And I'm like, why are we talking about <laughs> one topic? They, they're treating it like it's like the old days of like the one-room schoolhouse. <laughs> well, they dress that way. So. They do. They do. But I'm like, why are we talking about the same things with a 15-year-old and a 5-year-old? The five-year-old's like, I don't know my colors, but would you like to talk about bankruptcy? Bankruptcy. <laughs> so um, I look forward to more insight on the schooling in the future. Because it's like, how much of that is, was that, like, let's set up a shot of them all talking about something. You all right? Go ahead. Oh. Um, how much of that was, like, was that just set up or is that actually how they operate? So we'll see going for you know. I want to make a comment about that. One of the things that I wrote down um, right before when they were at the grocery store was I remember there was this really awkward thing where Jim Bob had like grabbed a pack of cookies and they were like, well, dad wants a sweet treat. And he like awkwardly walks (laughs) it over to the grocery cart. And the thing that I wrote down was awkward man, real like man or TV factor. And like I kept every, I always I was watching his behavior, and that was the thing that I kept asking to myself: was is he like this because it's on a TV show? Is he like this because this is how he is? Like I I'm not understanding if it's real or not. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it kind of doesn't feel real at times. Well, and it's the first one, so it's like again, like it's way more. I, I don't know if I want to say way more produced, staged, but it, yeah, like, yeah, maybe yeah. like, because it's very like, I mean, reality shows are anyways. They're like, you're going to go do this day. Like I said, today you're going to paintball. So we have content, of course. but like not knowing if this was really meant to be like a standalone thing or not. Like it's, it's interesting. So, yeah. Um, so after homeschooling, Oh, actually kind of in that same, um, topic ish. It was like the segue for that. They talked about how they liked, uh, they liked homeschooling because then they could have field trips. And it's like, look, they're on this field trip to go look at this thing about, you know, foam insulation, which is really just them saying that they're teaching their kids when they're using their children as child labor to build their fucking house. Because <laughs> they are building their own home. Um, the the tater tot house, the, the tin mansion um, themselves. So, yeah, they then they go into the whole... Each kid is helping build and blah, blah, blah. They don't uh, stay on that for too long, but you you do see that they are building the bigger house to get out of the, you know, 2,200 square feet and 16 people sharing two bathrooms and one standard water heater, as they say. Which I I respect the fact that they were like, look, we need something bigger. We have the means to kind of make what we need. So, like, I respect the fact that they did that work. But... The fact that they were taking their kids to learn about foam insulation just feels so, like, veiled. They're like, we're going to put the – this is essentially training for what you're going to be doing later. Like, don't put it under the veil of, we're having a fun – it's a field trip. We're having a fun (laughs) field trip. Like, no, you're essentially doing orientation for your laborer's labor, you know. It's like when you convince your kids that dusting's fun. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we could teach Mildred that dusting was fun. Yeah, she's not on board. Um, then they very br- – okay, well, I, I do have to mention really quick that this is on YouTube currently. They go, they blip off and on, so we're really lucky that they're on there right now. I think it is pretty ironic because the next scene is talking about tater tot casserole, which is a huge thing in Duggar world. It gets talked about all the time going forward, and it is brought up in this first special, but YouTube – like cuts out right at the part where they're about to give the recipe and i was like was that done on purpose <laughs> <laughs> so it's like they're like get ready two pounds of turkey and then it completely cuts out and goes to the next scene. gotta protect them family secrets so, um so sorry guys we can't give too many other deets about tater tot mm. casserole this time maybe next time uh next scene is they're talking about how 
they hang out with this other family. This is where it's interesting. They go ice skating. Do you remember this? They go ice skating. They talk about how they go to kids' night at this local restaurant. They, pro- they probably fucking annihilate this local restaurant because oh, they go on kids' night, which probably means that they're, like, feeding their family. for. It's probably kids eat free. Probably. And then they show up with their 14,000 kids and then their other friends that have eight kids. So as, talk- a, as a food service professional, it made me cringe real yeah, hard. Yeah, I was like, this, these poor people. Like, they even interviewed the lady, and they're like, they come in here about once or whatever, and she seemed like she, she was not having it. I felt bad for her. Um, but what's interesting about this scene is, you know, anytime I've really watched this before, I, I you, you didn't file away names before because it didn't mean anything. Now going forward, I was like, oh, my gosh. And this is actually a part where I think I paused it with you because this family that they were with are the Holtz, which we will get into that later. But just keep that in mind. Um, So after this whole, like, montage of hanging out with this other family is the actual birth of their 15th, which is um, Jackson Levi, on May 23rd, 2004. And you actually made a really good joke on this one. Do you remember? Uh, Negative. They they had to do an emergency C-section on her, or just C-section, because he's transverse. And you were like transverse. That's that's their biggest nightmare <laughs> to be trans. <laughs> uh, I completely spaced that. <laughs> so yeah, Jackson Levi was trans, so they Ooh. had to have a. <laughs> yeah, that would be their transverse. Um, so that would be their nightmare. Um, then fast forward. It's funny because obviously, like I said earlier, this um, premiered in. September 2004 so this obviously this last part had to have been some sort of add-on later on because they fast forward a year later where like Jackson is like walking around and everything um so it has to be around May 2005 ish I'm just saying ish because they don't tell you exactly but um it's showing that they're having to move out of that house because they had sold it to the church next door and uh, they had been renting it back from the church. like So they'd already sold it, but were renting it month, month to month. And the church was like, we need to bulldoze it. So, um, yeah, their house, go figure, still wasn't ready. So they had to get another rental. So we're, they uh, are showing them moving with all of their friends and blah, blah, blah. And then after that, it's all very rushed at the end. Like that part's very, very rushed. And then there's um, showing them, like, even more rushed, going to ATI, which is, like, their homeschool conference. Mm -hmm. Which you will see going forward that that is, like, almost in every season. It's, like, the social event of the season every year. Like, it's it's how they – it's how they meet their – their part – their spouses. It's It's how they interact with people that don't think they're super creepy. Other people equally as creepy. There you go. Because I literally, the, the only note that I have from that part, because it was so quick, was, great, a conference of culty weirdos. <laughs> well, and I, I wrote down one quote that I thought was funny, because Michelle says that they're there with, quote, other families have a lot of similar goals in training the, our children, their children. And I think the use of the word training is a very interesting choice of words. Usually only hear that with, like, potty training or if they're in these sports but obviously they're training their kids to build their house for them so <laughs> yeah. training's so, a normal thing like for them training huh like not like similar goals and values not similar goals right. and like but she said similar goals in training yeah children yeah it's weird so that's just like one of those like little tiny things that just kind of go off in your brain yeah that i'll be paying attention to going forward <laughs> And then it ends with her, go figure, expecting again, number 16. And then it, um, it ends with, like, the black screen, like, saying, Johanna Faith, born October 11th, 2005. So, again, I think that these are kind of added on later on because I think actually the next special that we'll be watching covers actually parts of these things that they're referencing in this. So there's kind of some weird overlap and weird timeline stuff. So, which is why I'm having to keep such a close eye on the timeline, because there is some weird overlapping. 
so it it I definitely felt like they added it on at the end. Um, I think it was also maybe if they weren't sure if this was going to be anything else. Wrapping they, they, it up, kind of. Yeah, and and I think it wraps it up, and I think they could also gauge if if they gave you a little bit potentially, like would viewers be like, no, we want more, we want more. You know what I mean? So. It was a way to lure viewers back if they were still interested and then also gauge interest in it. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of it's really rushed, this weird little odd ending thing. But that's the episode. Um, it's not super riveting. It's very surface level, very quick. Everything is super fast. So not really too much to talk about there. But like I said... I was like, remember this, remember that. Now we're going to do a little bit of deep diving of the things that are actually happening behind the scenes around the same time period. So we'll get to that next. Yep. We are going to take one little break and we'll be right back. All right. So we are back. Um, Before Whitney puts on her swim cap and dives super deep (laughs) into this, um, there was a couple things that I kind of made notes of that I, I think for Whitney is just very normal in obviously watching this family throughout all the years. And for me coming to it with fresh, like just a couple things. So, um, one of the things was the clothing. Obviously they have awful, awful tasting clothing. Like you said, at the bib dresses and the tights the and hose. the, the hose, the hose. I only know that from later on. She says hose no. later, like in different episodes. She's like, are ladies hose? <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Um, so one of the things they said was that the reason they dress that way is because clothing is um, not to draw attention away from their, quote, countenance, which is their face. So obviously not wearing anything revealing, not wearing anything kind of like tight and form-fitting. or Which is the word countenance is triggering for me. It makes me think of my ch- at church. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like I hear that word and I just cringe. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> like <laughs> countenance, like ugh. There's certain words you forget about until you hear them again, and that's one of them. I'm yeah. like, oh, good God. Yeah, they're very. There definitely is very like specific words and like a lot of religious kind of vernacular that are kind of that way, where and they're I just kind of like, like icky. And that's what like that's what I mean by like being able to like dive into stuff later on, because like this stuff will come up naturally. So then later on, it'll be like, oh, let's talk about some religious stuff because things like this will Correct. pop up. But yeah, countenance yep. ick. <laughs> TMI. Too, too much, much ick. <laughs> Um, the other note that I made was, um, about instruments. I used to play an instrument when I was a kid. I was in band all the way through college. Like I loved it. So anytime you see like kids learning how to play an instrument, I love to see it. I think it helps in a lot of like, um, you know, the development of the brain and kind of helps in like math and kind of reading comprehension and kind of all those things. So I'm on board, but they all play the violin. So when you have 14 kids that are all playing a violin kind of shittily, um, so it's like super out of tune. It's not done well. I just feel like it felt very Hitchcockian where it was just a room of creepy kids playing instruments at the same time. <laughs> and all I could think of was the psycho violins. And th- honestly, some of the girls look very malnourished at the time. Oh yeah. Of, like, yeah. So it's like these malnourished looking kids like playing the violins that they can barely hold up. Because they're, like, <laughs> <laughs> so those are just two kind of funny things. The last thing I, I brought up was there was a, I, I'm assuming what it was was a worker at the restaurant, um, one of those probably tired workers on kids' night with all those kids there. Um, Poor they were people. I want to find them and send them, <laughs> send them twenty bucks. Somebody send them an edible arrangement. <laughs> right. um, so I think they probably didn't want to be on TV because they were wearing like surgical masks. And I just pointed out that it is very funny seeing masks pre-COVID. I didn't even that yeah and it was the it wasn't the lady that said oh they come here all the time it was like two of her workers that were in the back and they were like cleaning tables or something and they were both wearing surgical masks in my head i'm like there's no way that they're sick there's no you know what i mean so that that was all i could it was just very odd to see that in a pre-covid world you know so um so those are just kind of some extra notes that i had made um i know whitney's chomping at the bit right now um to get into kind of some of her deep dive stuff so uh what you got for us thank you tim um (laughs) thanks for that segue (laughs) so if you remember when i talked about them going out to kids night and um ice skating they were with this other family and i about shit my pants when the guy introduced himself and it was like jim holt because like i said i didn't remember i didn't 
like file away these types of names of people that just popped up randomly, of course, right? The only reason it means anything to me now is because Jim Holt's wife, Bobby, which I would like to point out is spelled B-O-B-Y-E, so I say Bobby. <laughs> isn't, like, that, isn't that like a subreddit <laughs> thing now, too? <laughs> yeah, where it's like, I mean, because I got on there, I'm like, can we all just say that, like, I mean, it's Bobby, right? I mean, it's like Kanye, but Bobby. <laughs> so um, Bobby, Bobby, his wife, Bobby, actually testified during the trial against Josh Duggar. Oof, juicy. So, so it was funny now to go back and in the very first special see them pop up when I had no clue. So they even address in in this special that, you know, so Jim Holt is saying, yeah, you know, Jim Bob and I have been friends since the seventh grade, blah, 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 blah. And they're kind of recounting just like a tiny bit of that. And the camera pans over and you see Josh talking to a girl and I'm kind of freaking out inside because I know just from base information that at one that Josh had been courting the Holt's daughter so I'm like oh my god is this when he's courting her is that her like I don't you know or whatever so I don't know it could have been her I'm not sure because I don't know what she looks like or what she looked like at the time but now going through my timeline Josh is 16 during the filming of this and so at this point, it could have been her in the video, but they were not courting at that point. And do you know why they were not no longer courting? Ooh, man, I'm at the edge of my seat. Here why? We go. Hit me with it. All right. I'm ready. So Josh and their daughter, the Holt's daughter, had started courting in November of 2002 when they were both 14. So 16 in this, it's been about two years. So started courting in November. Of, the, of 2002, March 30th, 2003, Jim Bob called Bobby, <laughs> Bobby and Jim um, to come over to talk about what Josh had done. So the other thing I found really weird is they're always very specific to say that they gathered in Jim Bob and Michelle's bedroom. Why are you having people in your bedroom? It's weird. <laughs> but, you know, their daughter cleans it, so it's ready for company. That's true. Everyone is there. <laughs> So now that Jana cleaned the room, they can have their company over. Jana, you better do a good job. We got people coming over later. <laughs> so they had the Holtz over. And the reason they had them over is because earlier that day, it was brought to their attention that Josh had Jane Doe 4, which we know now to be Joy. Remember when they were all sitting around that uh, homeschool table? You see the oldest is Josh and that little girl at the end of the table? That's Joy. Oof. And um, it was while they were reading Bible stories, as she sat in his lap, he was touching her. Um, I probably should have given trigger warning. Everything now in the deep dive is pretty, you know, can get to some unpleasant. Oh, yeah. You know, Any topics. Anything that has to do with it. Ooh, yeah. The, so, everything is just oof. So that had happened that day. So they were calling uh, um, them over to let them know that this had happened. And during this conversation, Josh also admitted to touching the breasts and genitals of three other girls. And just thing to make note of, each girl was at least three years younger than him. So we now know who all of the people are minus. He ended up, Tim, you don't know this. He had five victims total. Okay. Four. All family? That's what I'm, yeah. So, f No. Um, that's what I'm getting to is that okay. four of them were family. One of them is said to be a babysitter. And I don't know that that person has ever been revealed, which is fine. You know, obviously we don't um, know that they each girl was at least three years younger. That's how from the very beginning, Jana was. We knew Jana wasn't one of them because she's the oldest daughter. Um, and since then, we found out who everybody is. But at this point, um, he he they had the instance that day with the littlest and he admitted to um touching three other girls Oof. then they also find out that there was a previous instance in february of 2002 so remember they started their daughter started courting him in november of 2002 in february of 2002 he was touching a girl and she told the parents and then he confessed. It's not a confession if somebody is telling on you. And that is a theme yeah. going forward that you'll see over the course of 
uh, that drives me nuts. They always say he confessed. When he doesn't confess, he gets caught. Correct. And that drives me insane. Anyways. I th- yeah, and I, I obviously the issue is that saying that you confessed is like, okay, they realize they did something wrong and, and are are admitting it to somebody. That's not the case. That's that's not remotely what happened. He, yeah, he got his hand, he got, he got caught, and that's yep. the only reason there's any sort of explanation going. So the problem here is that they know at this point it is a pattern of behavior. Yeah. They already knew that it happened a year prior in February of 2002, and then now it has just happened again March 2003. And so now is when the courtship is called off because of this. But it's like, this is... There's a, a pat- There's a very distinct yes. pattern of behavior there. So right after this, Josh is sent away to the Institute of Basic Life Principles Training Center in Little Rock. So... Um, now, can I ask real quick? Sure. So was he sent to this place as like, a, you have a bad kid, you'll send him to boarding school kind of thing? So what, did they send him there because these things were happening yes. or is it normal is, in their religion to like send them cons- to that consider like treatment so, so this is like praying the gay way well <laughs> in a sense yeah <laughs> so uh th- while he's there his treatment consisted of manual labor and intense prayer <laughs> great hit it hard at both ends <laughs> um keep ready for this one. Oh. he received lust counseling <laughs> I could go for a little lust counseling <laughs> right now. <laughs> he received mm. lust counseling, which Michelle later admitted in a police report that the counselor was not certified. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Thank you. We know, Michelle. Can I uh, can I ask how one does get certified in lust counseling? <laughs> uh, I might need to change my major. <laughs> so. Their reasoning for sending him here was because they didn't want him exposed to other offenders and other things that they, you know, didn't possibly want him exposed to. So sending him here, they thought, was the best bet. So move move the problem away. Please keep this in mind. Okay. Um. So so that's kind of the counseling portion of it. Is the If there was a two parts to this manual labor and then um, intense prayer and then this counseling, blah, blah, blah. The lust, la- lust counseling. Lust counseling. Mm-hmm. The labor portion of his treatment plan was that he participated in the Integrity Con- Construction in- Institute program. They love the word fucking institute. It's in fucking everything. <laughs> so Integrity Construction Institute program. There he learned carpentry. And he helped with renovations of a former hospital that was being renovated by this um, cult. <laughs> it's We'll get into what IBLP is later on, but this is like their part of their religion type cult thing. So, yeah, they're like, um, we're going to call it treatment and you're going to fucking rebuild this. You're going to renovate this building for us. <laughs> like, it's it's free labor. for that. If you look at the over the arc here is free labor <laughs> in all ways. Just have a bunch of kids. Yeah. <laughs> Need your laundry done? Have a couple extra kids. So he was there until July 17th, 2003. So he left right after this initially happened, March 30th, and he was there till about July 17th. So. So about five months-ish. Yes. Okay. Then also in July, which I'm assuming is after he left there and was coming home. That's kind of my assumption at this point. They had Josh confess to an Arkansas state trooper who gave him a, quote, very stern talking to. And (laughs) the trooper said that because he'd already been put through a program that there was really nothing else to do. How do you pause? How do you feel about that? I mean, it's bullshit. Because it makes you wonder, like. Was this a real state trooper? Was it one of your Jim Bob's creepy friends dressed as a state trooper? Because for somebody who is admitting to any sort of sexual crime and especially involving very, very young children, like there seems to be a lack of care if that was what actually happened. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm like, okay, was this person in your religion? So that's why they're like, oh, it's good. So I didn't uh, – I was going to wait and see if you, like – He went to lust how, counseling. <laughs> how deep we would get into this. Because um, here's the thing about the tr- the state trooper. Oh, God. There's – you you got tea about the state trooper? 
but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Okay. So we're going to fast forward again. So that was July where he gets the stern talking to after he gets home from that uh, treatment center. And so now we're fast forwarding to early 2005. And then in January through April of that year. So this is, if you remember, um, the special that we're watching, like, um, at the very end portion, I guesstimated that it was about May 2005 that it got, you know, um, fast forward to because Jackson was now a year old, correct? Correct. So from January through April of that year, Josh was sent to stay with the Holtz in Little Rock. So he came home just in time to then basically start filming those little scenes again. Wow. So the, he went to go stay with the Holtz because the Holtz offered to help Josh unburden himself of any temptations he wanted to confess. So obviously there were still problems and things happening. And so they sent, they were like, we'll take him on. And, you know, it's funny because at this point he's not courting their daughter anymore. They've heard these horrific things he's done. So it's actually really amazing to me. That's like, hey, just come here and but we're going to help you. But um, was it because all their kids were a little bit older? But <laughs> um, actually, I did look into it. Apparently he didn't wasn't directly in their house. He was on a property on their property. So at least he was a little bit separated. So they stuck him in a shack in their yard. <laughs> Um, it was during this time while he was staying with them that Josh actually confessed more details to Bobier. Um, <laughs> Bobier. <laughs> so regarding that March 30th incident that initially, you know, had them called over to their bedroom was <laughs> so she very much understood like he just like touched Jane Doe right for while she was sitting on his lap. So this is from Bobby's testimony in the actual trial. This is her actual, her actual quote. She said, when she was sitting on his lap, he put his hand under her pantaloons and under her panties. He touched her inside and out. Oof. So the reason this aff affected her so deeply is, and you'll see going forward, there is such a pattern of downplay about things being over the clothes over the clothes they didn't they were asleep they were blah 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 blah. because that makes it so much makes better, it you better know what right I mean? but you could tell like and you know i think bobby's bullshit as a like she's got some crazy beliefs still and whatever but like even just reading her testimony because we couldn't see it because it was a federal you know case so there's no cameras but i felt like when you were reading her testimony you're like ooh, this this got her you know like you could tell it was like oh this was way worse than than she originally knew it's right. still bad but like these people thought like oh he just kind of like touched some stuff and it's like no yeah. he was penetrating her like and I, I think that's kind of the you know regardless of kind of beliefs or like you said them downplaying stuff like there's that factor of oh i should have known or i should have done something more or you know what i mean so regardless of whether we think she's a great person or not like there definitely is still that like I, I could have done something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not, it's guilt. Like, it's guilt over the fact that, like, ugh, I didn't take this seriously enough. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, during this time, Josh also, to also, ugh, also told Bobby that he went up to one of the girls, and I'm quoting Bobby again. He went up to one of the girls as she was sleeping and got up under her blanket to start touching her, and she woke up and hit him. He told me she snitched on him. Like, I read that and, like, the word snitched, like, instantly just, like, pinged in my brain. Yeah. Because, number one, you're such an asshole if you're saying that, like, you just molested somebody. And it's like, they snitched on me, first of all. And then second of all, you're going to have to keep this in I will bring this up way down the road. And it's like... The funny thing with these rewatches mm -hmm. is it is pinging my brain of stuff that I didn't even remember I knew, you know? Yeah, because at the time they weren't maybe they super weren't important something. details, yeah. and then you went, oh. And then now, like, when I read that, I'm like, oh, fuck. So this will yeah. this will surface again later. Well, it feels super gaslighty, too, because it's that, like, once again, like the downplaying thing, but it's the, why well, wasn't doing anything? Like, it's, it's the onus is on her on the victim yeah for snitching for snitching yeah like 
Like, it's their fault. Yep. No, you once again kind of got caught doing something shitty, and but you're going to downplay it that way. Yep. You're the victim. They're not the victim, mm-hmm. you know. And um, Bobby says in the in her testimony that she, after he, you know, gave more details, and she really realized, like, wow, this is even worse than I thought. She tried to tell the Duggars, but they didn't want to hear it, is what she said. So, that's shitty. They're shitty. And, um, oh, <laughs> in a later interview, Jim, Bob, and Michelle said that they thought the issue had been resolved, so they felt he could be allowed to re-enter their home, which to me is, oh, we have camera crews coming next month. Yeah. <laughs> he can come home now. Yeah. <laughs> But you see, you see that through all of it, though, like we're going to we're going to do this half ass attempt at like sending him away to a thing that's not going to help him. It's not going to solve anything. You know what I mean? But it's that like, well, we tried to do something about it. Well, we have camera crews coming. Well, we sent him to live with this other family. Well, we're you know what I mean? Yeah. And the funny part is, you know, you we only know things down the road and we only know things you know certain things through sleuthing like whatever but in this little added on attachment year you know year later part that's in 2005 this is so they initially started filming after you know they already knew that he's done this twice because he's already broken off his courtship i mean this was two years earlier right that this all came out to the holtz and now so you're deciding to do this filming with that already having happened twice that you know of Ballsy. And then it's funny that, like, in that in-between is when they sent him away to the Holtz and everything. And then they resumed filming again. Yeah. And obviously, this is going to go on because they end up having a show for 4,000 years. <laughs> so, it's it's just wild to me that you're like, oh, we have this going on, but we'll film a TV show. Right. Like, it's crazy. And what's even funnier is in that little added-on, tacked-on portion at the end in 2005, do you remember me pausing and go like, a scene when they're moving and it's like everybody's eating? Yeah. And I paused it because Josh has buzzed hair. Yeah. That is punishment in their, like, air, like they they buzz boys' hair when they're as punishment. So that was, you know, like, he's coming home from that. Like, he'd had buzzed hair as part of it. Ooh. Like, there's various times that, um, that he... What like when he'd get caught with porn again that they would buzz his hair and like things like that. So mm-hmm. it was just funny to actually see it on the screen and be like, oh my god, so something had just happened. Wow. See that's see that's that weird thing where it's that's very behind the scenes because you just be like, oh, it's hot. Yeah. But in that arena, that's interesting to watch. That like now because we have had this conversation, now I'm going to be looking for those things, and even though I will not have the perspective of what was going on at that time and who was talking to who and who was doing this. I'm going to, I'm going to once, like you said, that's going to ping in my brain and go, okay, yeah. something else must have happened yeah, in that it changes time frame. Everything. Like yeah. It, yeah, it's totally different the second time around or, you know, once you just know this information, everything changes. Correct. Um, so the next thing I'm going to get into is like major trigger warning for people just because of, Things are described and whatnot um, sexually. So um, that affects you. That's going to be super bothersome to you. You might want to stop listening. But we're going to go back to that officer that they took Josh to. That he got, you know, the stern talking to. And he got the finger wag. So this officer was Joseph Truman Hutchins. And on in January 2007... So this is, you know, like about four years after this talk with Josh. He pled guilty to eight felony counts of possession of um, then, you know, of course, what I read was child porn. Um, I know better now that you call it child sex abuse material because porn is a connotation with something that's kind of. um, Consensual. Yes. So don't say child porn. We say child sex abuse material. And, um, yeah, so he pled guilty to eight felony counts. That was the person that gave him a stern talking to about what he was doing. Oof. Um, a little bit about this man. He had a Yahoo adult profile, which I had no idea that that's a thing. But <laughs> I have no idea. Like a, 
like a dating app kind of thing? No, or I have what? no idea. It just says Yahoo adult profile, and I Googled it, and I'm like, maybe I don't want to know. So the <laughs> and maybe I shouldn't search for this I on my computer. <laughs> so whatever that is, his profile name was Dad's Love 2002. Ick. Ick. L-U-V Love 2002. Ick. His categories of interest included preschool, kinky kids, strangers with candy, and family affairs. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, At one point, he role-played with a woman where he asked her to pretend that she was a little girl having sex with her daddy. Oh, man. So he's a sick fuck. No, thank you. Um, His other interests listed on the profile, this is disgusting. Included other interests included putting fat objects into small holes. He so let's remind you that they sent him to this treatment center because they didn't want him exposed to other offenders. And then promptly, as soon as he got back, the person that gave him the stern talking to is an abuser as well. Was also an offender, yeah. Yes. So just the irony between of all of this is, my God. So. Um, that was January 2007 that he pled guilty. He was released in 2010. But then shortly after, he was arrested again because of a parole violation and, like, his they found... I don't know if... I'm not really sure. I couldn't find details on whether or not the parole violation was finding porn or if there was some other violation and then they found the material... Like, they found stuff again in his house. Yeah. I'm not sure what, what it was, but ultimately mm-hmm. they found material again. And this time he was charged with four counts of distribution and possession. Um, so he was charged as a habitual offender, and he was sentenced to 56 years in prison. So that's uh, – there was way more. I mean, there's so much more on him. I almost feel like at some point when Do there it, might an be an episode on him. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a lull at some point where there's too much paintballing going on um, <laughs> in an episode or they're, like, ice blocking down, you know, whatever – there th- there might be an opportunity to do a little more of a dive on him because I could, I could really go into that for a while. But I just really wanted to point out what was that happening behind the scenes. The state trooper was a piece of crap yeah. too. What was happening behind the scenes while they're filming this, where it falls in the timeline, and how these obscure characters that you, characters, I say that with air quotes, yeah. but like are, you know, these characters are popping up without ever realizing it. And you're like, oh my God, it means so much more now. Correct. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of sums it up. I think that's where I'm going to leave that for today because there's so much more to talk about later. Absolutely. So we, man, and, th- and this is kind of something that I appreciate, but it's also kind of, uh, fun to watch at times is like when Whitney's interested in something, she will dissect that thing and it get into the microscopic level of details and things. So um, I think almost every woman is into true crime, and I feel like it kind of comes from that where like you see details. those things. Absolutely, you know. So my current um, obsession right now is the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing, and I'm like diving into that like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> so um, always need to dive. <laughs> Um, that's also one of her favorite things in the Olympics. So <laughs> ironic. <laughs> so um, we are going to take one more break and we will come out and kind of get our last uh, thoughts on uh, this first special. So we will see you in a bit. All right. And we are back. Um, thank you so much for joining us for this first episode of Digging Up the Duggers. Um, we are... Obviously, if you're here, you're listening to us on either Spotify or Anchor. So we would love if you could head over to the page for Digging Up the Duggers um, and give us a rate, give us a review. Um, We'd love for you guys to share kind of out there. Um, This is kind of our first time doing this. So um, we obviously would love to have you guys kind of share this if you enjoyed kind of what what we did here. And now is where I'm going to listen back to this and cringe. repeatedly and then never want to do it ever again because of the number of times I said um or you heard me mouth breathing or anything like that and then I'll talk her out of it and then we'll do episode two yeah so that's the plan um the other thing you can do I just said um god damn it (laughs) shit what do you say without saying um (laughs) anyways there you go 
please follow us on Instagram. We also have an Instagram account. It is digging up the Duggars Pod. Hopefully, you can spell digging up and the. And Duggars is spelled D U G G A R S, and then Pod P O D. Uh, go follow us over there. Eventually, when we get around to it, we're going to be doing some other stuff on there too. Uh, thinking of doing some cook-alongs of some of the Duggar <laughs> recipes and things of that nature. So there will be other things besides just like you know little episode snippets. Uh, eventually, we're going to get the gram going pretty good. So that's the plan. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, I know just in my time as the person that had no experience with this family, um, I learned a lot. I learned some interesting things. I learned some horrifying things. Um, so hopefully you all did too. And uh, we will see you our next episode. We're going to be exploring the next special, um, and we're going to do it separate. So uh, what do you think? Let's. Uh... Yep, so signing out. We'll see you next time. <laughs>